Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns. I am Judy Bignall. Today I am joined by the people who usually do this stuff, uh, Alan Turing. I must break you. And Sol Harris. <laughs> Good evening, gents. Welcome to my now show. So we are here to talk about the Rocky franchise. And this week, we've already decided this is going to be too big uh, by the time we finish recording. So we're going to break it into two episodes. So today we will be discussing the first five Rocky films, the sort of original franchise. And we've drafted in Judy specifically because... You know, you're a you're a woman. Let's face it. Um, you keep you are... bringing me in because I'm a woman. No, that's you not the reason why Mia. specifically. But you're a young woman. You mean you were born a long time after these films came out, and <laughs> you really couldn't be further from the demographic these people are aimed at, really. So oh, thanks. And you've never seen them before, so that's gonna. Well, that's why we want to bring you in as a very much an outsider's point of view to see mm. where you come in on these. Yes. I I would like to jump in on that point and say, to be honest, I've kind of warmed to them a bit on the rewatch, but these films have always really pissed me off, <laughs> and it's not the films themselves so much as the fans. Yeah, they're just really. These films seem to appeal to a really annoying kind of macho guy who wants to pretend like they're all fantastic, and they're clearly not <laughs> all fantastic. <laughs> Regardless of what you think of the good one, and the ones that perhaps have an argument for the for them being alright, some of them are really bad. And I know a lot of people who will get really like, oh man, you've got to see it as a metaphor for what was happening in the Cold War, man! <laughs> and it's, but it's very subtle. It's, it's, <laughs> and it's... I, I mean, we'll we'll get to it in more detail, but basically, I just I I've sort of been put off them by the yeah, fans. Yeah, I know what you mean. As as a general overview of my opinion here, I remember the first time I watched Rocky, and I kind of had that idea as well. And I was like, "Whoa, this is much sort of smaller and grittier, and, and yeah. not what I thought." Because in my head, Rocky is like Rocky three, Rocky four, and I think that's what most people think of when they think of Rocky. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I we I've just rewatched the films. Obviously, um, it's the first time I've watched them in a long time, and mm. I, you know, I'm not saying some of them are very good, but I never disliked any of them. Like even the ones that are quite just yeah. throwaway, they're a throwaway in an entertaining way. I found something to like in all of them. That's absolutely true. Yeah, I mean, I I warmed to them. The first film, oh god, it was just like walking uphill repeatedly <laughs> just it was a bit of a struggle there were what? things that just pit, like just little things that got under my skin that made it not an enjoyable experience like the concept was fine and the film itself was fine but i really didn't like his character <laughs> and like mm. all these little things he did and yeah i'm sorry the way he spoke made me want to punch him in the face <laughs> well, um, th th that's my that was my experience of watching it the first time when i was a lot younger I mean, I always thought it was okay, but I kind of went into this with my guns out, thinking, right, I'm gunning for you, Rocky. I'm going to pick out everything wrong with you. And I, I was really struck by just how much of a piece of 1970s golden era like Hollywood filmmaking it is. It's a really subtle character study drama. It's It's really barely a sports movie at all. I, I was really quite impressed with it on the rewatch and I get it. I get why it's got that place in, in 
culture now. Well, I think yeah. I think we should talk about uh, how it came about a little bit. It's quite a famous story in that Sylvester Stallone was a, pretty much an unknown actor, and well, he watched a, a fight, uh, and that inspired him to write this this film about a, a, a boxer, a boxing match, or just like a. No, a boxing match, yeah. Strapping. It was uh, Muhammad okay. Ali versus um, Wepner, Chuck Wepner, I think his name is, who was like an, basically a not particularly highly thought of boxer going up against the, one of the best boxers of all time and kind of went the, went the distance almost. So that was the inspiration. Um, and, he, and like it's famous like he wrote the script in three and a half days. That seems to be touted as a good thing. I'm not sure why, but, oh, <laughs> but you know. And then it's this, the story goes that he, he's this unknown actor and he gets, they want the script and, and then he insists that he plays the lead role and he won't take it otherwise. And they offer him more money to do it just to buy the script, but he wants to have this chance. Fine. And obviously that must have happened somehow, but nowhere in this story I've heard how he got it into the hands of the right people, like how the why how he got to the studio executives, why they then well, he was, listened to him. He all. was an actor. He'd he'd been in Death Race at this point. He he had done stuff, so he probably did have contacts within the studio system. Maybe. You know, I mean, he was not a well-known actor by any means. No, no, but he he wasn't a complete outsider to Hollywood. He did have his foot in the door, which is probably enough to get a script in the hands of someone. To be honest, but it, it does seem like the the producers who had a kind of an independent deal um, that they could produce something if it was low budget, and this was very much of the time Hollywood in the seventies was producing these low budget indie films um, that were doing very well, like American Graffiti is an example. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was how the studio system worked pre Star Wars, then Star Wars ruined it for everyone, and now it's all just blockbuster temples. That's <laughs> well, Jaws came before Star Wars. <laughs> No, but Jaws wasn't. Uh, Jaws didn't change the landscape of Hollywood cinema in quite the same way. But yeah, and it was this kind of new Hollywood. It's where you know the likes of Scorsese and Spielberg came through, and and, and Coppola and all these. So this is what was going on at the time. It was a very sort of specific period between the sort of golden age and the blockbuster age, where this could have happened, where this little indie film could have firstly been made at all and then become a hit. Like having seen the film, I'm not sure why exactly it was a big hit. Mm. I do like the film, but in terms of why would the mainstream audience take this under their wing and, and love it, I'm not sure. the The impression I get from how people seem to respond to it nowadays is that it's a an intimate relationship drama, but you're allowed to enjoy it without feeling like your masculinity is being yeah. called into question if you're a kind of guy where that would be a problem. You're allowed to get emotionally invested in this guy's relationship mm-hmm. with a woman because at the end he's going to have a fight with someone and that makes it okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of what it is. Also the underdog character. You yeah, know. I was going to say, everyone loves an underdog. And I, and I do think there's something to be said for the, the sort of overriding, overarching message of the film, which, you know, is kind of, you gotta take that shot, eh? If you don't <laughs> go for it, then you'll never know, it'll haunt you your whole life, eh? I don't know, that, that's, that's not, <laughs> that that does happen in the film, where there's a point where he's like, oh no, I can't do that, and he very, sort of very quickly goes, oh well, yeah, 100 grand, yeah, okay. 
Um, <laughs> but I think that the real message of the of the film is it's about him proving himself like that he's worthwhile he's worth his yeah, life yeah. like even if he's not a winner it doesn't matter as long as you try i'm uh, not a bum <clears throat> yeah you're not a bum yeah no i i mean it's it's about on a broader level i think it's about going out and trying to do stuff regardless of whether or not you're gonna be a success or you know succeed it, it's just about the importance of well i don't of, think i don't know i mean i agree with part of what you're saying apart from that last bit um, about the whether or not you succeed. I don't think there's any part of him that ever wanted to do it, even if he didn't succeed. But what he wanted to succeed in was not winning, it was just going the distance. Yeah, if he'd been knocked on his ass in two rounds and then... Well, I think... Well, what I just... I said quite flippantly there was, like, they offer him money and he does it, which is kind of not what happens. And Because... When they when they offer him the fight, he's like, "Well, no, I'm not a contender. Well, this is ridiculous." Because he has no confidence in himself. So it's about the reason he takes the fight. It's not because of the money. It's because it's mm. a chance for him to prove to himself and others that he is worth something. Yeah, I, I was I was struck though because it it is a very gritty and a very slow film to it's so appe- slow <laughs> appeal to that sort of a person so it is like you say it is kind of odd that it that's not yeah. I, I can see how it appealed back in the 70s because it, it it follows 1970s sensibilities really with with what films were like but it's kind of odd that its appeal has endured as mu- as much as it has and well which i think i think the appeal is rocky four um, that mm-hmm. I understand why that film appeals to a certain demographic of people. I don't know how many of them watch Rocky all the time. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how often they go back and watch that first, well, the first two films. There's a lot of parallels here with uh, Stallone's other big franchise, which we'll have to do at some point, First Blood, mm-hmm. um, whereby I think the exact same thing is true. Yeah. The first First Blood is actually a very intelligent, well-made film, and the reputation of the franchise is that it's just gung-ho action bullshit. And I think that's that's the sequels have come and replaced everyone's memory of what the first film is. And, and I yeah, I think the same is true of Rocky to, a, to an extent. Yeah, I mean, I did like the fact that it was very... The first film is very much... I felt like it was being very true to its time and its status and Rocky's mm. status. Just the, the grittiness of seeing him and, the, you know, the very dank surroundings and everything being kind of really shitty if you look at it. It's not shiny, it's not Hollywood and mm. yet there's this guy who's trying to, trying to go about his business just like anyone else. He wants to get the girl that he has awkward conversations with and he's got this really twatty best friend. I'll get into him later. You know what really struck me on the, the rewatch is that Rocky himself is such a complete oddball. Mm-hmm. He's a really weird man. To to say he's become this icon of of yeah. very basic, straightforward people. He's he's a weird guy. He doesn't the really fit into com- a type, does he? He's not yeah. like a jock, and he's not yeah. He's and the stuff of... coming out of his mouth so weird. Yeah, shite! I, it's absolute garbage. <laughs> and I I I think I think most of it is, you know, I I can buy the script was written in three days because the film feels predominantly improvised. Well, if, I was going like, to say it feels improvised. I don't yeah. know how he sold the script and then just like twisted it all over because that can't be 
actual delivery with all the kind of tag <laughs> tag words and fillers and hedges, all these things that come from natural yeah. speech that can't have been scripted. <laughs> but you know, it's all, all the stuff of you know. I'm going to tell you a joke. Uh, knock knock is uh, a turtle. Turtle turtle food. Eh? It's like what? <laughs> I was about to say that bit. Like he got coffee, you're not sleeping. You have some food, and we're watching over there. Like just he goes off on tangents. Hey bird. Hey, look who's here. Look who's here. The giant worm. Look at these birds. Don't these birds look like candy, you know? Like flying candy. Hey, bird, you want to fly me home? You need somebody to walk you home, you know? Hmm? No. No. It's a cold night, you know. If I was you and you got the money, I would uh, take a cab or something. Too many creeps around here, you know? Do we call it character building or do we just call it shite? <laughs> for, the, for the first third of the film, it really came across like an autistic love story. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, though, because I, I, I kind of feel like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe these characters are complete and utter oddballs. And there's a point about halfway through the film where they just sort of become normal and change completely. No, I they suppose don't. We'll, we'll no, get there. Well, what, Nothing what, about that is normal. <laughs> what really struck me about the script is, I think you can really tell it's not written by a professional scriptwriter. Just because, and I'm not necessarily saying that as a bad thing, because I think it gives it a different flavor, a different sort of flow that you don't normally get. It doesn't have a mm. lot of structure. The structure it has is not sort of the standard one. Um, and there's a lot of things that kind of crop up that never really go anywhere. Nothing too absurd, but just like things with. Such as? Um, a lot of the stuff with him working for the loan shark and he's like a, a bit of muscle. It's like, it's great. We established that he's that, muscle that. and that's like he's, he's getting by. Yeah. But then like they established it's that, that boss he's character. in a CD yeah. world that he wants to get out of. I think that's sort of the idea. But they, they established that boss character quite a lot and then they bring him back in the second one briefly. It's just like that, that sort of thing that it, it never quite pays off. Like he's arguing with the driver all the time and I'm not quite sure what. Oh, yeah, that doesn't go anywhere. But But I, I kind of like it because it feels a bit more real it feels a bit more character like just stuff that happens and it's like oh that guy doesn't like him i don't know why i think it's to show like it gives him a background in some form of fighting some form of you know he's got some physical ability and also he's got a bit of spunk you know he's prepared yeah. to fight people and get in their face a bit more but, but, that, but i think i think if anything it shows that he doesn't particularly rise to the bait he doesn't he's not an aggressive well, no, not of people who doesn't person. deserve well, that's it. it i i think it, it it's there as well to show that he 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 has this set of skills, but he doesn't want to, you know, quote unquote, throw them away. He wants to put them to something that would be generally seen as a more constructive um, use of yeah. his his abilities. And I wonder how much of it as well is like um, Mickey's, like you know, you work for that good for nothing shark, whatever he called him. Yeah, like I think it is the idea of. I don't know the people he respects not respecting He's him because of what he does life, as well. But but, mm. but the my point is that it, it doesn't feel very structured in terms of how you expect a script to be no, structured. No, no, not at all. And I think I like that, and I think it's why I like indie films as well. Often, it, it it doesn't feel formulaic. It just it feels much more atmospheric, and it's just kind of like we're just experiencing this guy's life, and then yeah, things happen. But I like that, and I also think that the direction helps with that. Because it is a really, it's obviously a really low budget thing. They shoot most of the scenes are shot in like one or two shots. They do a lot of long takes, and it, but yeah, it's just sort of very experiential. Like it definitely feels like a uh, a script by someone who's trying to write a nice character rather than a, a, a someone who's structuring a story. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Can we speak about the director quickly, John G. Avildsen, uh, who won Best Director Oscar for this film Damn. in the uh, in the hype that ensued afterwards. 
he has he he didn't really parlay this success into a really like successful career. Like he worked. He he didn't do the he he came back for Rocky Five. He directed Rocky Five, and he also directed the first three Karate Kid films. But do you know what I mean? It's not quite like he didn't go on to continue winning awards and 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 that sort of thing. Considering he won Best Director, I don't really get why. Well, I mean, the Oscars are I, I think shit, it's basically that's why. <laughs> but... I don't know. I, I, I think it's a very well-directed film, honestly. I think it's, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's hard to tell how much of it. It's just, you know, they, they lucked out and limitations. It just really maybe. felt like none of the shots kind of did anything other than just show you what was happening in that room at that time. It didn't feel particularly artistic. And I don't mean that. I don't need an over-stylized piece, for God's sake. But um, it just it felt like the story was maybe you know something to be recognised, or the, yeah, the, the I, script I, and the character. But I really wouldn't have gone. Ooh, good direction. Well, I I, I I agree to a point, but you know, there's more to direction than cinematography. There, I I think the choice of um, there are lots of long shots, as Alan said. I think they give it a nice flow. I think the acting. Yeah, but they is... didn't. There's one where it's really wide, and he just literally walks across the camera but he's quite far away like was, <laughs> well, that was just a shit shot I don't know it's I quite like all of it just slowed it down no I don't know I, I like the pacing and I, I like to say I like the acting I like the way it all comes together I think the music you know works very nicely with it like I say I think the acting is really quite good in this film for the most part and I don't know how much of that's just down to casting uh, you know but it, it feels like a director who knows how to direct actors and work with them and, and get the best out of them. Um, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, another thing with the script, in fact, if anything, in the first film, it's where they're most successful, but in the rest of the films they struggle, is that they don't really know what to do with Paulie. Yeah. yeah. They're not quite sure what he is or why he's there. <laughs> yeah. But in the first film, he's more justified than in the rest. Yeah, he's definitely the first film's definitely his best kind of story. And in this first film, I think it, it, it's a good character because not only does it ex- explain Adrian a lot, he's the antithesis to Rocky in the fact that he is an aggressive dick uh, who has no real skill, whereas Rocky is a skilled fighter who you know is very controlled about what he does. I don't know if it's that so much as I think he's meant to be similar to Rocky, but he's never tried to better himself. He's never put the effort in to make something more of himself, whereas yeah, Rocky definitely. has made a very conscious decision to better himself. And, and... I, th- But I think that's also, it plays on, it goes on to be a really nice dynamic in the next few, obviously not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but the fact that Paulie obviously flares up and gets angry with Rocky, but you can see that it comes from an own inner resentment that like, you know, it's his own fault that he's not done the things that he's jealous of his friend for you know i think that's quite a really nice uh you know shade on that friendship yeah you know what character i don't like don't say mickey (laughs) it's yeah mickey oh mickey easily my favorite character he's such a grumpy old man oh he's so the first film the first film he's not really embraced that much but in the second film he's fantastic that's he's just there and he like he doesn't really it just feels like he should have been merged with another character in the script and the weird he just looks like the kid from Malcolm in the Middle but like as an old man which is disturbing he's got this kind of Popeye quality to him I just I just don't get him what is he he's an old man who's been fighting all his life tough as nails I don't know I just I don't I don't like him well he he, he does fall into a 
a kind of classic old boxer Stereotype. who's turned into a trainer kind of style. Poignant. <laughs> yeah. This is something I think we're going to have to address. I think, like, I'm certainly no boxing expert, but I suspect you two know nothing about boxing whatsoever. <laughs> Would that be correct? Uh, actually. Um, well, I actually had some questions about boxing. Right, okay. Should, should we go through Let's go into the you boxing can, world. You then. can educate me. I mean, like I say, I'm far from an expert, so... So, num- so, so, what are the rules with boxing? Um, oh God! So, so, were you not watching? Well, ha- so if <laughs> if they both run the clock out, it comes down to a panel of judges. Is that right? Yes, and it's done on so rounds. What, so, what are they in a? What are they judging on? Who wins <laughs> the round? Basically, who's landed more punches? Who's who's done the? So it's not about your round. form. It's about. Well, it's not about. It's not like dancing. It's not like oh well, he held his legs in a really nice way there. Um, no, it's about like if you're if you're landing punches and basically they judge who won the round. Yeah, if you've landed more punches or but when if you've you been punched, you've defended end, yourself. No easily. one's won. Well, that's why it has to that's go to a tough a decision, decision then. A judge's decision. Next question: If someone like goes out there and just like knocks someone out in the first punch and the fight's like ten seconds long, mm-hmm. do you get a refund? No, no, that's <laughs> part of the deal. That's just what happens. It does happen sometimes. Are people furious when that happens, or are they happy? Because that, on one hand, that would be like a really good fight, right? But on the other hand, you're kind of shortchanged yeah. out of a Generally fight. Yeah, generally speaking, if you're at that top level where it's like the champion against the top contender, it's unlikely to happen. Um, it does happen. Like Mike Tyson used to knock people out in the first round all the time. But yeah, especially those big fights that are pay-per-view and people pay specifically just to watch that fight and they get all the mates around and have a big night of it. Yeah, people get disappointed. Which is why, you know, you don't put mismatched fighters together. But generally, a, a boxing night will be a series of fights. Uh, so they have okay. they have other fights on what they call the undercard. So you have that big main oh, that fight that's everyone sense. doing. But then, like, in, in a big major fight like that, even the fights on the undercard might be quite big names. They probably won't be heavyweights. They'll be, like, middleweights or something. But, like, it might be the, okay. for a, a middleweight championship. Okay, okay. I mean, you know what I'll say about these films is that when I was watching the boxing, I started to think, oh, maybe I quite enjoy boxing. I'm getting into this. But then <laughs> but then I remembered that I felt the same way about ballet after I watched Black Swan. And I, I think what it actually is, is that I like films. <laughs> well, the thing is, boxing is similar to, like, say, football. Like, you watch the three-minute highlights of a football match, it's interesting. But you watch a 90-minute match, and it's extremely boring. And boxing is similar. There's a lot of dancing around and fanning about you know involved in it and some fights are really exciting and it's all go because they're both big hitters or whatever but it depends on the style of fighters and i i think i'd have to be invested in the the people themselves on some level which because obviously that's what i'm getting out of this is i know the characters and i know what they've gone through but i don't think you're ever going to get that with sportsmen because you're only going to get whatever story they've put out in the press yeah but that's exactly i think boxing does provide a lot of that. I think it's why boxing films are very popular in the sporting films genre because you've got an individual. It's not a team, and you can and it's really one on one, and you can build a story around it. And the boxing world has a, a real reputation of that hype, and and you know your classic weigh in where they come and get weighed, and then they like talk trash at each other, and it's become a big thing. You know that's a real part of the pantomime of boxing. Yeah, it's bizarre to me that the boxing subgenre is such a big deal within films every every few years there's a boxing film up for best picture and it's bizarre because they're all the same 
<laughs> well, I think it's because, like I said, it's a very individual story. It's about one person. It's all about, and you've got you've got a classic mentor character. They always got a trainer who's like an old wizened Yoda man, and then it's a real working class escape as well. So it's a it's always an underdog story. Like every boxing champion in the history of boxing is like. And most of them are black uh, in the heavyweight, particularly. They're all like young guys who learned to fight on the streets and then, you know, made it a success because of boxing. And that underdog story just has so much traction, you know. And and, and then you get the likes of someone like Muhammad Ali, who just uh, changes the the whole world of boxing. And and like Apollo Creed is very much a Muhammad Ali kind of knockoff, basically, in these films. Who's, who's the knockoff of uh, George Foreman? Is that Mr. T? Um, no, not really. <laughs> no. Mr. T should have been shilling grills. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> uh, anyway, so when it comes to the actual boxing itself in these films... I've I've been told it's very inaccurate, but I don't give a shit at all, and I think to make that complaint <laughs> is to miss the point. Well... I think it, it's not particularly accurate based on, like I say, I'm not an expert, based on what I've seen. It is more filmic. It's just basically more visual. Like a lot of the movements they do in terms of being punched, it's like stage combat when you get hit and you have to sell it. You have to show that you've been hit. Yeah. Whereas in boxing, the whole point is to absorb the hits. You know? You're know, you expecting it. You're ready for it. I mean, in terms of someone who doesn't know boxing and was new to these films. I completely see how the technique might have been skewed to be more filmic. Mm. However, I do look at it and go, oh, wow, okay, that's really good choreography. I really yeah. like the way the fights have been edited together. They come across well. I, I like them. I think all the fights have come across really well. I must well. admit, I found it a bit frustrating just because it is... Not accurate. It's not, it's not, this is not accurate. It's just it feels like I'm watching a choreographed thing rather than a fight. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't feel very real. Not in the sense that but it's not accurate, feel but just doesn't feel... It's, it's quick. It's so quick and smooth. To me, as a layman, I was struck by how gritty and real it felt, and it didn't feel choreographed to me until, uh, not to get completely ahead of ourselves, we'll go there next episode, Creed is when it started to feel very choreographed, mm, and okay. like they were stepping around the camera for me. But in, in these early Rocky films, I was always kind of blown away by how realistic it came across to me, and it did look like... Like, I couldn't even tell if they had specifically choreographed what they were going to do, or if they just kind of had the two actors go at each other and let the cameras capture what happened, or what. Part of my problem is, it's it very to me, it feels like, okay, I'm waiting for you to hit me, I react, I react, I react. Now it's my turn. I punch you, I punch you, I punch you. And it's very much like they're stood there with their hands sort of by their sides. Oh, I'm being punched, oh, I'm being punched. Now it's my turn. Whereas boxing is much more intimate than that it's much more intricate than that whereas there's they're always thinking like right oh there's a gap i'm in there boom 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 and and it's all about going to the body going to the head like reacting to what the other person's doing and and it's so much more it's quicker it's more fluid but this it just felt like right i'm standing here waiting for my turn now I felt I definitely felt that with some of the fights, like the um, the really unrealistic second Clubber Lang fight, <laughs> where suddenly Rocky's a boss, and it was like Clubber was just like, okay, I'll take smack, 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 right now, stop, I'm gonna do my smack, 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 smack. It felt a lot of back and forth, mm. but it also that felt unrealistic because of the what the characters were suddenly able to achieve yeah, in yeah. relative, you know, relative but, to what they'd previously. It's done. just so much of it is just like 
put your hands up and defend yourself. What are you doing? And like, if you've been stood there just taking hits, the referee would stop the match. It's like this person's not defending himself. But I think that's meant to be character-based because Apollo puts his hands up and he's always like, put your hands up, put your hands up. Like he's someone who's meant to be the pro. And I think it is meant to be like Rocky training. He shows he can take a punch and it's like, you know, he doesn't defend himself. He is just relentless. He is, he can be punched and come back and he can be punched and come back. Well, I think, I think that's kind of the problem with boxing films, ultimately, is they always come down to a big fight at the end. And then it always is just kind of like... There's only a few outcomes. Is he, is he going to yeah. pull it together? No, he's not. Oh, oh ha- yeah, he has. There you go. He's decided he's going to win now, and he's won. Like, uh, I don't know. It just... Well, this is one another thing I like about the first film, which we're actually still on. Um, that at the end, you know, he goes the distance, and as he's celebrating with Adrian... The, the the winner of the fight is announced in the background. It's kind of almost lost because that is not the important thing. The point is that he went the distance. Yeah. yeah. And, and interesting when we were talking about earlier how Sylvester Stallone wanted to insist that he played the main role. The studio wanted to make it a, a vehicle for James Caan or Robert Redford or something like that. And I think if that had happened, if it had become a studio project like that, the script would have changed significantly. Not yeah. just because they would have yeah, brought maybe. a writer in to fix it up or whatever, but that main character is not a draw for a star actor because he's a simpleton. He's a loser. He's a simpleton, and he's not he's he's not an uneducated but still really smart guy. He's he is just a punchy. I get hit in the head. Hey, I don't, I don't think so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's a beautiful part of the character. It's what makes him quite endearing in many ways. But I think you try and sell that to Robert yeah. Redford in the mid seventies. He's just going to go. Well, no, I'm not playing that. Well, you know, you know what? Rewatching these films has really given me a new appreciation for Sylvester Stallone as well. I, I kind of there's an air of him just being a, an action movie guy, like a, a Jason Statham or a, a, an Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I, I think he's I think he is a lot more than that. He, he is a I think he he's shows a worthy a good range across these yeah, films. I think he's a worthy Oscar nominee. He actually hasn't done that much for for a, a forty year career. Yeah, I had the exact same thought, and a lot of what he's done that I've seen is actually very good. I mean, certainly if you take the sequels out of the equation, then you're left with Rocky, you're left with First Blood, then you know stuff like Demolition Man, which is very self-aware and, and it's great. Demolition good. Man. We should do an episode on Demolition <laughs> Man one day, <laughs> just as an indulgence. Can I say one of one of Stallone's strongest points as a writer? I think watching these films is his ability to name a character. <laughs> I think the character names throughout this franchise are phenomenal. They're they're real like Graham Linehan, Arthur Matthews level <laughs> character names, don't you think? Rocky Balboa, Ivan Drago, <laughs> Thunderlips, <laughs> Thunderlips. Apollo Seriously, Creed. Like, Apollo Creed. Well, Apollo Creed. That's a great name. Yeah, Apollo, Apollo Creed. Creed is a good Butkus. name. Butkus. Adrian. <laughs> there you go. Great. Yeah, they just um, roll off the top. Paulie. Hmm. What's Paulie's <laughs> name? Uh, yeah, I don't know what their surname is. Walnuts. But but I think even even Butkus <laughs> is like a good like within the context of that film. That's the kind of bizarre, weird name that Rocky probably would come out with for his dog. You know. So. We've already talked a little bit about how slow this film is, and it does feel like it could lose twenty minutes quite easily. Um, and yeah. like the when he gets the, the the chance to fight, like when he's said, "Hey, do you want to fight Apollo?" That's like halfway through the film, 
It's, it's, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's like I say, the sport element only kicks in right at the very end. But you've got to you've got to set up the character in order for when Apollo kind of goes, oh, we'll take a chance on this guy. That you go, oh yes, we know that guy. You know, that's why it's got to be halfway through. Yeah, you've but you already spending know a lot of time setting up the Adrian relationship and all that. And <sighs> would we call it a relationship at this stage of the film? Should we talk about the Adrian relationship? Is now a good time to deal with? Oh that? my god! I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's this is the point I want to talk about in the first okay. film. This is like the thing you I was lead, yeah. yeah angling for what a rapist <laughs> no you know what i no don't don't try and justify it she says no a fucking million times i don't want to come in i don't want to come in i don't want to be alone i want to go home i want to go home i want to go home oh you kiss me shag me <laughs> but she i don't know i i, she's I a very I, shy I, character yes so don't get into her pants i think there's some real parallels between um rape this scene the seduction of her and the blade runner that we covered <laughs> recently and in blade runner it ca- categorically is just very a lot more unpleasant yeah. it is just rape <laughs> but yeah. but, th- but just, here you're meant I, to root I, for him and it's just seedy and grimy and oh. well i don't know I, I think everything up until she's in his flat is completely Fine. Oh yeah, it's he's, fine. He kind it's of, just they're really timid. He's, and he's she pushing like it very hard. He's very but persistent, she... but he—if you get the sense you need to be with her. But this—I yeah. I made this note before before they even went on the date. I made this note as like he is really not good at picking up signals because she's giving him nothing. It's not yeah. like yeah. Oh, I'm kind of interested, but I'm coquettish and shy. She gives him nothing yeah, she, at all. She acts like she hates him. <laughs> yes. I, I don't think. I don't know. I, like I say, to me, it came across like they were just both autistic and they didn't know how to interact with each other properly. Well, and... I got that in the shop, but then when they're at her house and Paulie's like, I brought my friend around here, it looks like they're going to do a gang rape. It looks so sinister. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> it's just, it. you know, he's kind of like, I didn't bring you up this way. He's just such an abusive brother anyway. And then you've got his like, he's shouting down this door while Rocky's awkwardly standing there, but not really feeling awkward with Paulie. Yeah, I, I, it's so uncomfortable. I don't know. I, I thought that the 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 main scene where he like she comes into his room and she sort of says right well I'm gonna go and he's kind of like don't go but I mean that's the one that comes across a bit rapey right yeah well yeah because he's like he he gets her in under false pretenses he says he needs to use the bathroom guess what the first thing I thought was you get into that house did you go for a piss no you didn't you liar <laughs> you're a liar and then he stands there and starts taking off his shirt. And it's like she is fully dressed. She's by the door. She wants to go. She's very uncomfortable. But and so I, what, the best she thing never, to do is to walk over and pin her in a corner and kiss her. I think the way she plays it is never that she. It's always played like she's uncomfortable to kind of it's give not in just to, that she... to her own desires. It's not. It's played like she's too awkward to go along with it. Not that she doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to do it. it I, I mean, don't look know, at that I, duffel coat. She's obviously asking for it. I just I I don't know I I I thought the first I th- I think it's a very fine line but I I feel like this film just about came out on the no no right didn't. side of it personally I can tell you now it did not What's the problem? You don't like me? You don't like the turtles? What's the problem? I don't think I belong here. It's okay. I don't belong here. Well, you know, it's okay, because you're my guest, you know. I don't know you well enough. I've never been in a man's apartment alone. Well, I have. They're all the same, you know. 
I'm not sure I know you well enough. I don't feel comfortable. I think my view of it is kind of in the middle where I think because we've established the characters and stuff and you kind of get away with it. And ultimately her reaction is kind of like you, you feel like she's on board. But it did feel a bit creepy to me. I think the date scene, the date scene where they're in the in the ice rink, it kind of it's you start to get this feeling that she's she's okay, you know, she's like she's happy exactly, to be on a yeah. date and talk to him. It needed to be a bit more, I think. It just needed a bit more of that, and then maybe oh, yeah, in he that he didn't come across like a dickhead, but that scene was just raping. And I think if it came across when she's in that, when she's in his room in his flat. And she's like, if it was very much like, do you know what? I should leave because that's the thing I should do. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, I shouldn't yeah, be in a man's definitely. house alone. That would be fine. Never done it before. But it it's just played it doesn't come too across much that, that she's a bit scared. Really? I, I thought it did come across like, you know, oh, I, I'm being a bit, this is a bit risque for me. I'm, I'm alone in a man's house. and I think that bit is okay. It's, it's and, yeah, and there's it, just one a slight tweak that's with a bit... the end. A slight tweak with the end where it's because he physically blocks the door and at yeah, one point he takes bit. his shirt off <laughs> and he puts his arms up and like basically shows, look how strong I am. Yep. That's the, that's yeah. the bit there. That's it's what I mean, just it's too far. And I think if oh, that see, I, I there, thought when he took his shirt off, it was more like, look at my sexy muscles. Well, hey, I think I'm that's probably what you. he was thinking, but oh, yeah. like he's also yeah, like it's no, I, I, I agree that the, the point really where he blocks the door is the point where I was kind of like, yeah, that's a bit much. But also, she sort of crossed yeah, the line. There, but... He leans in for the kiss. They both go down to the floor, and okay, fair enough. Maybe she loosens into the kiss, and the rest of it makes sense. It's kind of a, I like that it's a slow burning relationship, and she, you know, she takes a long time to kind of open up to him. But also the idea that. I really got the sense because of her relationship with Paulie that if she went home from the date and she hadn't, she hadn't got on with Rocky, that she would have got a smack. You know, like well, I got the impression she, she I really didn't feel that she had any choice at yeah, all. Yeah, I but, never, yeah, I never quite. The point is, she has no agency mm. in that at all. At home, in her, you know, just nothing at all. I felt like she was pushed into everything, and I felt really, really bad for her character. That said, it did remind me a lot of the beginning of our relationship. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Shut your face. <laughs> you chased me. Exactly. Yeah. That's the You're point. right. I'm not saying I'm the well, Adrian. When he said that, did you think that you were Rocky <laughs> and he was Adrian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the one with the dog. So. Uh, I could see Alan Alan getting in a, a, a boxing. Because Alan likes to go boxing every now and then. He, he's always going, oh, I'm going to do boxing at the gym. I never I have Alan getting that's, the, into... that's the beauty of me. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Alan at, at some point eventually getting into like a, an amateur fight and getting the shit beaten out of him. And then you go do you know Alan the, at all? He's so To passive. see what he does. And, and he Judy! shouts, Judy! <laughs> with his eyes like blinded They're already from swelling. closed. He's got tiny eyes. No. <laughs> <laughs> my my note is basically the point at which the two of them have slept to eat uh the two of them have slept with each other is kind of when the film stops being as interesting for me it, it takes a sharp nosedive for me around that point because that's when it just becomes about the boxing and the sport my feelings are less of the adrian romance and you know we could have told that story quicker I would have liked to have seen a bit more about Rocky's background, like his parents, maybe something like that. Put it into a bit yeah. more of a social context of this kind no, of poor I don't want, kid. I don't want any of that shit. 
Um, I wanted more Mickey. I wanted more Apollo. I got both of that in the second film, so I was okay with I that. want more Adrian Romance, less Mickey, <laughs> none of Rocky's backstory. I guess more Apollo would be acceptable. I'll, I'll give you that one. Same. And I think the fact it pays off nicely in the second and, you know, third one. Yeah. The Apollo stuff. I think that's that fulfills that little hole. I, I think the second one does a really remarkable job of fleshing out Apollo in a believable yeah, way definitely, and, and definitely. suddenly turning a villain into a very, very likable character. Well, oh, I, I think he's established really in the well in the first all. film, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not he's not a villain, but, you know, he, he's sort of the antagonist. The antagonist, yeah. 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 But he's not, like, he's not really given his own character story or anything like that. But yeah, he's exactly. established. He's the perfect foil to to rocky because yeah. he's such a showman and and it, and it is just it is very much muhammad ali style showmanship you know it's and and, and really well played as well carl weathers fantastically mm. there i don't know how much of that was improvised but um does it fantastically well yeah. and i think it just yeah and it embodies it in a way that does allow him to become a friend later on you know it's not he is not yeah. the villain whereas like compared to clubber lang for example yeah, it's just pure. I'm the bad guy. Meathead. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, ratings. First one. I mean, I think in terms of how it is as a film, how it puts together, it put, how it is put together, and what it does, I have one rating. Will I sit down and watch it multiple times and do other things that got under my skin? You know, those are kind of a different category for me. I think in terms of looking at it as a film and what it does and all of that, I would give it a seven. Um. <laughs> I gave this. <laughs> I give Rocky an eight. I've given it an eight. All right. I, I think it's a good film. Do you think? I, have you ever seen The Great White Hype? I haven't even heard of it. The Great White Hype is a very underrated comedy made in about ninety four, ninety five. Oh, it looks hilarious. So it's got uh, one of the Wyans. I think it's Damon Wyans as a as the championship fight, the champion fighter, and Samuel Jackson as his promoter is kind of a Don King kind of thing. You know, they set up this white fighter to go up against him, and he's a nobody. It's it's very much a it's not a parody of Rocky, but it's very much a take on those films. Um. Anyway, so we've covered a lot of stuff there. Just talking about the first film, I think we've covered mm. a lot of the basics, the general stuff. Mm. So hopefully, we'll get a bit quicker on these other films. I don't have as much to say about the next one. Should we just put it down as the same as number one and skip it? <laughs> it is very much just re- retreading the same path, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It, I mean, the first ten minutes are just the last ten minutes of the first film again. Oh, well, it literally is replayed, yeah. Franchise staple, <laughs> but it's kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a bit too much. I mean, if you, if you take the impression that people are watching this in the cinema three years after the last time they'd seen it, before home video yeah. and all that sort of thing, you kind of go, okay. But yeah, it's too long at this, this day and age, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So then we very quickly get uh, Rocky and Adrian decide to get married. Um, <laughs> and everything else. Well. Within the first 10 minutes. We do start, this is where we start getting a bit more by the numbers, where it's just like, okay, well, Rocky yeah, does I'd, this, Rocky does that. It's, the, it's Rocky 2 is, is a famously good sequel, most people seem to think. It's generally regarded as quite good and and I'll, I'll say it's a hell of a lot better than it has any right to be um <laughs> yeah good point uh it, you know it, it's not really a film that should have ever had any sequels it, it doesn't come across yeah, like it doesn't need it yeah and I, I i like the first half of the second one certainly cuz it it reverts back to that character drama kind of stuff instead of being a sports movie it's very much 
about this guy who's had a taste of success and now he's coming down the other you know the other side he, he's not able yeah. to keep it going and i think that's a very interesting thing to explore there's a lot of interesting dynamics at play um but then it just reveals its hand as nothing more than a, a setup to rehash the iconic popular bits from the first film and then it just becomes mm. a complete parody of itself with a load of training montages that outright recreate the first film even the same song playing and then it's just the <laughs> But the now there's fight kids again. chasing him. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just a fight again but this time he wins. I do hate the ending that it's like have him win fair enough but this whole way they oh they've fallen down at exactly the same time who's going to get up? That is just... Oh, you say that. I hated it as a gimmick, and yet I was on the edge of my seat. And when I say that, I mean I was in my bed. Like It's because of the music that's just like the one slow slide that goes up. Wee, 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 wee! No. Boom, boom. Boom, (laughs) boom. I don't want to do an impression because I'm just going to sound really stupid. But that... It was ridiculous. It was a concept that was ridiculous. It was dragged out way too long, and yet I did kind of go... In my stomach because, because of the way it was being sold filmically it, it you know they did it very effectively yeah i don't know you, you know what this film felt like to me it it felt like someone was writing a really fantastic sequel to rocky it felt like he was really pouring his heart and soul into making a, a worthy successor to the film and then he looked at the calendar and was like shit the deadline's tomorrow i've only got three hours fuck fuck <laughs> uh and then just had to like Copy paste, copy the, and paste the previous film, change a few <laughs> yeah. words. So, like that—that's what it felt like to me. Just yeah. fantastic, and then it just drops the ball. And I can kind of see why a certain kind of person loves it. Well, I, 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 I like the more Mickey and more Apollo, which I was really a big fan of. Boo. Especially, especially Mickey, like going full on, like they re- really got his character down by this point. You can catch grease lightning. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it the second one where he's like, "Catch yeah. that chicken." Because uh, I that, I love that. I think that was hilarious. Now I show you a trick how to get some speed in them legs. You have to wear that stinking sweatshirt. Well, it brings me luck, you know. You know what it brings? It brings flies. Now listen, I want you to try. Listen to me. I want you to try to to chase this little chicken. Well, what do I got to chase a chicken for? It's embarrassing, you know. First, because I said so. And second, because chicken chasing is how we always used to train in the old days. Yeah. You catch this thing, you can catch grease lightning. Ready? Yeah, well, I'd rather eat it than chase it. Ain't very mature, listen. but I'll, I'll, if you say Well, so. neither are you very mature. Now listen, get this thing. A fighter ain't a farmer. Come on, Ed. Go on and get him. Get him, get him, get him. Come on, what's the matter with you? Get him. <laughs> oh, yeah, so also the, um, the, the whole... Rocky, no, protect that eye, protect that eye, protect that eye. Does he then go on and give a fuck about his eye? Yeah, they forgot about that in the next films, didn't they? Yeah, they really did. And then it was like, brain damage, brain damage, brain damage. And then it was like, nope. (laughs) Just all these threats kind of melt away. It is very much a retread of the first one. There's a bit of diminishing returns there. Oh, no, absolutely. That, That is the phrase I would use, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But I did enjoy it. I think it's a better crafted film. I think it's better structured. And I think that's just a bit of experience. But I, but it's just treading the same thing, so I'm not that. Yeah, I, I think it's very basic Hollywood structure, though. I don't think it's particularly. It just feels very paint by numbers. Someone it flows a bit more sensible. Screenwriting, that's all I think. Yeah. yeah. 
I still look like Adrian didn't really like him, you know, because they've got married and she still doesn't really care. And then they're in that house and she's asking all these really sensible oh, questions. Man, I, it was such scene. a fantastic example of like mansplaining and the woman just <laughs> cutting in and being like, what are the taxes like? And he's like, nice steps. He, he doesn't <laughs> like, even go upstairs. It's fantastic. No. She's like, don't you to see upstairs? Why? It looks nice. I think it's nice. We'll take it. But like, that's it. I think it's difficult because it's showing that Rocky's a dickhead. And that Adrian's the sensible and the smart one, but at the same time, because of the way she's been brought up or whatever, she can't face him down. So it's interesting, kind of saying like, "Yeah, this guy's mansplaining," and we recognise that he's a bit of a dick about it, but hey, that's the world. Deal with it. Yeah. But the the big sort of plot point is Adrian gives birth prematurely. The baby's all right, but then she's ill for a while. Oh God, and she's in a coma. In a coma, and... but with no medical things monitoring her at all. Oh, no, no oxygen. I mean, I don't know, was that just, a thing? Yeah, you just put them you on just a slept. bed and hope they wake up one day. Um, yeah. Oh, that, that was another thing. I completely forgot that was number two. That coma really pissed me off. I mean, I'm sure it pisses a lot of people off having a coma, but or being in a coma. But you know, she is against it. She's so against it. What, being and in then a coma? she wakes up and oh right, yeah, she's so fight. against the fight. Yeah, she's so yeah it's against very the fight. convenient, that's the point. isn't it? It's overstressed, and then it's like, can you do one thing for me? And he's like, anything. When <laughs> she's not a different person, why the hell she has is. she changed her mind? And she she's been dreaming, that, dreaming about well, the sweet well, victory. You know what it's like when you've got when you have a baby, you suddenly you don't care about having a, a man anymore. So she's not bothered if she's if he gets. I hurt. wouldn't she's know, like, and I don't believe you would either. My kids safe. Yeah, like earn us earn us some money or die in the ring and I'll I'll get everything. Get the insurance. Uh but yeah, so that that was really, really pissed me off that literally there was no way he should have ever gone and done that fight and yet by giving him allowance, you know, giving him the permission, which meant her character did a complete one eighty. Yeah, just yeah, really, that was annoying. Yeah. That really yeah. fucked me off. I would have liked yeah, it's, it's if weak. If they, if Adrian had died and then like Rocky Three was a, a comedy about him being a single father and like Having to learn to love a, a comedy. Guy. Yeah, he's like trying to change the nappy with boxing gloves on. Do you know what I mean? It writes itself. <laughs> Hasn't Stallone done that already? That seems right. Up. That seems exactly like something he would have made in the nineties. <laughs> no, I don't. Think so. You should do. You should do with Apollo though. It should because I. I yeah, him I and Apollo to you, moving together. Apollo was like Apollo divorced. He's the black Tom Selleck. <laughs> Um, so I was like, that's brilliant. He could just literally remake Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's the white Ted Danson. Is he Ted Dan? Yeah, it has to be. He's not Steve Gutenberg, is he? Yeah, and then Paulie. It's Paul, Paul Apollo, Rocky, and Paulie raising a young girl <laughs> on their own. God. Do we have much else to say about the second one, or should we rate it? I'm all right with that one. Yeah, it, it's just very much a, a classic sequel in the mold of sequels, isn't it? Old, certainly, old school Hollywood sequel making, where you just kind of, you know, mm. yeah. I think I'd have to give it another seven, just because uh, it did the same thing for me. I almost enjoyed it a little bit more, but not enough to have rated it any higher. I'm similar. I think I, yeah, I, I kind of, I think I found it easier to watch. I enjoyed it a little bit more, but because it's just retreading the same path, you know, yeah, can't really it give it the same credit. So I give it a seven as well. I, I gave it a six. Pointless. Okay, so Rocky three. Rocky. Uh, Rocky 2 was much aye, aye, aye. of Rocky 1, but Rocky 3, <laughs> it's the 80s. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this was my favourite one. R- what? 
Really? I think I think I think this may have been my favorite one out of the first five because I haven't seen All it right. six and seven. Well, I'm gonna throw down at the start here. I think this is the worst one of the entire franchise. <laughs> I think it is garbage. Garbage. I think this might be the most mainstream friendly one. It's just maybe Rocky it's Four, I guess. Just I mean, I'm not saying it's the best, but I mean my favorite. There, there's some yeah. really great scenes in here. The iconic ending scene is is pretty great. Uh, I love Hulk Hogan <laughs> popping up inexplicably oh God, at the Hulk start. Um, <laughs> that again never goes anywhere. Just yeah. one off. Well, this is this is the thing. I thought this was going to be quite an interesting film because immediately setting up like I was a few a few years later, uh, Rocky is established champion. Blah blah blah. His whole life has changed. He's changed. He's he's gained a lot of confidence and all this sort of thing. Adrian's fucking changed. Yeah, everyone's changed. And I but I think that's just enough justified by the narrative. Yeah. And I was thinking this is great, you know, because this is like Stallone. He's like in the last five years, he's become a Hollywood star. Yeah. And it, his whole life's been turned upside down, and he's going to be able to really write this well. And then it never really goes anywhere, and we never get to grips with anything. This is the first one that is just a typical sports movie with no substance. It's so weird yeah. that I should like that one yeah, more. I agree. Why, why do I like sports movies <laughs> with no substance more? So, off the bat, we've got the fantastic uh, theme, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor, which is a phenomenal song. Easy, yeah, but overused easy to forget how great a song that is, because it's so overplayed and, and just part of pop culture, but it's, it's great. Then what we've got? So Popeye dies in this one. Yeah, and you've got you've got him getting close to Apollo as well, and that, all of that training montage. Yeah, There's yeah. two of them in it now. It's great. <laughs> and the ripped off crop tops with high necks running into the sea. I mean, ugh, what what's a girl not to love? At one point, Popeye <laughs> literally says, "I can't stand it." In this film, <laughs> so they must have been aware of they must have been aware of the fact that he looks like Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> they can't, that can't just be in a, an accident. It's a shame he dies, but we know now that Rocky needs someone to die to motivate him. Yeah, to have motivation. To yeah. But yeah, it was. It did just feel like yeah, a bit of a series of set pieces. That the whole Thunderlips bit with Hulk Hogan. It's just oh look, here's a bit of fight thing. It, there's no point to any of it. Well, it's there's not no even. Point. That's barely even fighting. It's like a comedy bit that they do at the start of the film. It's just it's bizarre. But I was enjoying that. Kind of make it. Yeah, the only thing that made it make sense was when it kind of showed this lifestyle now when Sylvester Stallone's like, Mm. or when Rocky is like, this is an exhibition fight. You know, take it easy. You know, it kind of shows that lifestyle he's got into. He's not having to push so much. That that helped. Um, But yeah, it was a bit like, why is this man going off on a riot? He's insane. Yeah. Uh, it's Hulk Hogan, generally. <laughs> so, I mean, this this film pretty much created Mr. T, right? Well, no, I yeah. mean, that is what he is. That, it, like, he was living that life before that. Like, the hair and the jewellery and all that. That was No, that I know, I him. know, but it, it, this, is, this was his breakout. He, like, he was discovered and put in a film, right? Well, he was, basically, he was... Um... This is pre-18. Yes. 18 was a couple of years later, off the back of this. Uh, and but he was he was a bodyguard and like quite a high yeah. profile bodyguard to the stars, and then he was on this show that was like, you know, America's hardest bouncers or something like that, <laughs> uh, in which they like did these sort of like physical challenges or something, 
and I think it was he was seen on that Sylvester Stallone saw him on that and it was such a like a big and he had that character and it was like oh I can use this and so that's basically how it came about I mean Mr. T was my favourite thing when I was younger I thought he was the funniest thing <laughs> to exist but really? were, were you simple? <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but I I have to say he is he is noticeably the worst actor in this franchise <laughs> It's well, it's, say, it's really, really world breaking when he shows up because it's such a different level of not being able to act that you just don't get in these films up until this point. Would you care to comment on how you plan to fight Balboa? What's your strategy? Don't need any. Balboa is so predictable and stupid. The man comes straight ahead. He's tailor made for me, and he's gonna get hurt. No, I don't hate Balboa, but I pity the fool, and I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. Um. Can I ask, at one point he says the line, I don't hate Balboa, but I pity the fool. Is that where that comes from? It is where that comes from, yeah. That was, okay. <laughs> and he t- took that on as his personal catchphrase. Well, one of his many personal catchphrases. <laughs> don't give me no back talk, sucker. <laughs> don't make me mad. <laughs> First name, mister. Middle name, period. Last name, T. <laughs> I, I had like a a, a, a keychain when I was a kid that had buttons on it and you could press them and when you press the different buttons he'd say one of his several phrases. Oh my god. Mother, there is no other like mother to treat her right. Mother, I always love her. My mother, to treat her right, treat her right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I mean, Mr. T is interesting because he did this. Off the back of this, he got the A-team. And that lasted a few years. And then he hasn't done anything since then except be Mr. T. I just think that there's no there's no character to uh, Clubber Lang. He is one-dimensional. Just angry. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, there is character there, but it is just one-dimensional, yeah. And it's... It's too cartoony to, yeah. to work as the main character. If it was like a, a the Thunderlips, it works. Yeah, yeah. And a good yeah. a good actor might have been able to sell that, but the fact that he's not <laughs> just means that it's just it just doesn't work at all. And so the whole film's just again just rehashing the other films, Rocky Training, blah 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 blah. And and I just I don't know. I just found the the final fight really boring and. I, I, it just feels like complete and utter horseshit that Rocky wins. Frankly, it, it feels it like Club Lang, exactly. as he's set up in this film, should have won it, and yeah, it would have served as a really nice, poignant passing of the torch kind of film, as if to say, "Look, mm. we all have our time, and you, you're getting on a bit now, and someone's going to come along and replace yeah. you." And that could have been quite nice, but no, Rocky beats him, and I don't know what the message of the film is. Another thing I want to address here, which is a general thing but particularly in Rocky Three, is Sylvester Stallone's size. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's a lot shorter than he's being represented in these films. Uh, that's fair enough. But I mean, they also... play that up when he's going up against Hulk Hogan, though. But that, but they say in that that Hulk Hogan is seven foot tall. Yeah. And he's just, Hulk Hogan's about six foot seven. So if they're extending his height by about five inches, then that means Sylvester Stallone's about five foot six. Uh, and there's a lot of that. And not just that, but that he's quite lean and, and he's not like huge. Like Apollo is he's much tiny. bigger, for example, he's, just in terms of In terms of, of build, build, he's tiny. And now, fair enough, you get away with a lot in film, but the fact that this is the heavyweight champion and all that, 
<laughs> then he loses 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah, and in this film, they go, oh, he's really slimmed down. He's 20 pounds. And they in the in the film itself, they, they announce his weight as 191 pounds. Now, the heavyweight category begins at 200 pounds. It's 200 pounds and above. So he's smaller than that. Now, I read somewhere that Sylvester Sloan in this, when he really trimmed down, he got in, put in his extreme weight, extreme kind of shape, he was 155 pounds. But I was thinking in this one, although he comes in under that minimum requirement if you like isn't it already because he's already got the champion like he's already got the title and so therefore he still has to fight because he's got the title or would the title just be naturally kind of taken away from him because he's not the right category if the fighters are in two different weight categories it's not a sanctioned fight they wouldn't they wouldn't be fighting for the belt because it's a different but if he's category. still heavyweight champion but he's under heavyweight size what happens well he might have to retire the belt and they just other people would fight for it in the same way if he just decided to retire or he was injured or whatever. So that shouldn't have gone ahead, basically. Well, I don't know, because in the... F- like, if you're going to lie, then say... He's, like, in previous thing in the film, it says he's 202 pounds. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know if the maybe the weight categories have changed or something. I don't know how it works. Alan. Yeah? Which one do you reckon would win out of us in a in a fight? Me and you? Yeah. Have we got rules, or is it street fight? Boxing. Boxing. Me. Mm, I, don't I don't know, know. Yeah. Alan you would uh, you would avoid punching for as long as you could Sol you'd be dancing around and then Alan would deliver a knockout I think <laughs> Alan no I, I think Alan wouldn't take me seriously and I would go out <laughs> to a cabin in the woods and, and I'd drink <laughs> eggs and chop wood and shall we do it shall we do it we'll do it for the show <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll do it we'll do a bonus uh, video on the website <laughs> and Calvin can be Mickey <laughs> Or Adrian. You're a wrecking machine. <laughs> Calvin! <laughs> oh, you should. That's adorable. He's going to hurt you permanent. <laughs> I think I might have a slight advantage in that I do occasionally do physical things. <laughs> I go swimming like twice a week. That's fair enough. Um... So if we can get back to Rocky Three, should we rate it? Sure. I gave it a five. I also gave it a five. I'm going to stick with a seven. Fucking hell! Solid. Have you given seven to them all now? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I mean, if we're going to go micro micro changes, the thing is, I can appreciate it wasn't as good artistically as a piece of like as a film but I enjoyed watching it so my viewing was still seven are you trying to usurp Sol <laughs> Senor Seven Senor, Senor Siete <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done it you know yeah, I just won yeah. <laughs> so they came back for a fourth one which was a real uh, landmark in cinema history the first ever feature length montage <laughs> <laughs> See, hang on, you say that. I was warned that four would be pure montage. It, it was, was not. I must admit, it is. when I watched it again, it wasn't as bad as I thought because I did think it was just a montage. The, all right, all right. The last, <laughs> the last third of the film is just montage. Yes, very montage heavy. You know, four was a weird one, and I think it's because of the va- the, the villain, and I think it's because of what's what's her name. What was Bridget Nielsen or Nelson or something? Bridget Bad, the, the, uh, scary woman bitch. who looks like scary woman who looks like her husband. Because of all of these things, it felt like a James Bond film. Yeah, it, 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 it does. Rocky. Don't forget the robot. It, 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 
Yes, <laughs> it, yeah. it, but it really felt like we are baddies. We are, you know, there's a there's a secret thing going on. You've got to, you know, blow the lid off of this secret thing. And it really, yeah, really felt like a, a James Bond, like one of the early ones. Well, it, obviously, it was made at the height of the Cold War. It it, it very much is about the Cold War. Mm. So that's that's something new for the that franchise. The fact yeah. that the franchise is now become Topical. a political allegory for something like that's not what they used to do in these films is it um <laughs> um I, i'm i'm just going to straight up say it i fucking love rocky 4 it, it, like i there's two films where i've got this sort of relationship with the, uh with them where they are they are appallingly bad films but i love them the other one is venom which we were speaking about recently <laughs> Oh, okay. I mean, it's Venom and Rocky Four. Really shit things about Venom. Oh yeah, I mean it's shit. It's awful, but it's so hilariously like it's just so much fun. And Rocky Four is the same thing. It's it's awful, but I fucking love it. I I cannot help myself. It's it just everything. It's it is bad. It is bad. Oh yeah, it's really bad. Although <laughs> you know what, I I think I do think it's legitimately better than the third one. Personally, as you're a saying that just to spite me. No, I, I think it's I think it's got it's doing something vaguely new. It's kind of got more. Well, because it goes purpose. to Russia. Well, no, it's it's about more than just Rocky's going to fight a guy again. It, at least it's trying to well, make some exactly sort. Exactly of... what it is, though. I was going to say it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's already copying. No, there's an attempt at you know... subtext here, and it yeah, it's ham-fisted and not particularly <laughs> subtle, but it's trying I mean, to do something more. All of than his just... motivation. His motivation comes from the fact that his friend's dead. Oh, you know what, what the motivation was in the other yeah, one. Yeah, but, but even that dead. is done so much better than in the third one. Because it really? is a bit of a... It's a bit... Yeah, it's quite a gut punch of a moment, really, isn't it? It, it could be done better, but it, you're kind of... You're not expecting it. You're not expecting... I completely called what, it. Creed dying in Com- the ring. Yes! Completely called it. Anyway, um... I, I hate the way this opens with the end of the last one again. Just want to keep hitting that yeah, home. But also freezes in the same point as well, where they're having a nice little slightly sexual spa. Because mm. if they'd kept it going, they would have seen them not hit each other. <laughs> acting and not fighting. Ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, so what happens in this film? Paulie gets a robot. Oh, man. Yeah. Now, what was that all about? What is going on? It's just... Not only, it's it's not like a Robo Sapien. It's like a fully no, AI like a robot. sci-fi robot that can communicate in English. They'll they'll say like they'll say stuff like, "Hey, can uh, I better go phone so and so?" And then the robot will be like, "No worries, I've sent him a fax." It's like it it knows what's <laughs> going on. It's it's what were they thinking? <laughs> I don't know. It looked like a live animation flubber. <laughs> was it meant to just be like, we have money, look at this? Well, kind of, except that would suggest that the the film's meant to be critiquing Rocky for having lost touch. Um, I don't think the film ever tries to make you think it also, that. It's just it, it a also weird... also suggests th- that they put any thought into what's happening at all. But I, I, what I really love about it is when they give this as a present to Paulie, and Paulie's reaction... Is exactly what the audience's reaction is. It's just like, what the fuck? What is? Why is this happening? What's going on? <laughs> you know, what I really love. I was I was listening to the soundtrack uh, score, like the, the the score soundtrack, not the songs, the other day, and 
Like, the music that plays when that robot comes out is the most absurdly, like, offensively 80s thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but they've even... The, the, the Happy Birthday Polly is, like, embedded into the soundtrack. They haven't <laughs> taken that out. That's in there with all the music. All the... <laughs> 80s noises. Oh, it's it is just, and then of course, uh, Paulie takes it for his wife. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it's a three it's a three beat comedy. At first, it's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Secondly, it's like, oh, he's trained it to bring him beer and things like that. And there, and he's got a woman's voice. And then, oh, it's nagging him, and he's like, oh, I'm leaving the country. Oh, I love this film. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I just, I just wanted the robot to come in with like a rolling pin and like bonk him on <laughs> And it never comes back in any of the later films. That's the other thing. You'd expect the advancements in AI. Presumably Paulie got divorced or whatever. It's just <laughs> baffling. Anyway, uh, then we get one of the first montages to No Easy Way Out. Uh, can we talk about the soundtrack to this film? Doesn't fit. None of the music to the montage. Oh, I fit. don't know. I don't know. I want. Oh, I shit. think this film's soundtrack is one of the greatest film soundtracks of all time in terms of original <laughs> music written for a film, a collection of original songs. It's phenomenal. No easy way out. Amazing. Burning heart. Fantastic. Hearts on fire. Hearts on fire. Oh yeah. Okay. That. That. Yeah. Good song. Good motivational song. But none of the others just didn't fit the montages that were being shown. Yeah, you know, but then, but then the training montage music. I mean, that's incredible music. You know, living in America. That that oh, at the moment that sounds a little bit. Living in America. That's brilliant. No, that one. That one was one of my least favorite. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought it was a really nice, stark, glaring contrast. How Rocky's in a shed with like ox <laughs> harnesses. Well, that's not very sound. <laughs> you know, the American tourist has come over and he's living in a shack and he's training yeah, naturally. He's, he's, and this other guy he's is turning... like bionic man. You know what this film really needed is a scene where some American guy, like an American army man or something, is like, look, Rocky, this is the experimental boxing steroid we've developed for you. Yeah, and he goes, yeah. no, I'm going to I'm gonna do this by the book. I'm going to do this properly. You know, and like turns the American it down. way. Yeah, they needed to kind of... They're trying to play it like a moral victory because Rocky's done it properly and the other guy's cheating with steroids. But Rocky's never given the opportunity to do anything but do it the proper way, so... Plus, he doesn't doesn't need a moral victory because he gets a victory. (laughs) What What I found really annoying about this was that it seemed... It really... There is no way he can beat this man. The point is, he can't. You know, if it's an average of 700, whatever it is, per punch, and this guy's doing over 2,000... You know, now he's trained. There is no physical way he's going to beat him, but we know that at the end of the film he's got to. So I was like, there's got to be a drugs bust. He's going to have to reveal, there's a fight, but also he's going to reveal that this guy's illegally using drugs, and then it will be the moral victory. And in the end, that drugs thing comes to nothing. Mm. 
and he still beats the guy and it was the most unrealistic thing i thought beating clubber lang was unrealistic <laughs> this was ridiculous yeah no i agree though i i do i do love the line uh i see three of them out there hit the one in the middle oh yeah hit the middle <laughs> yeah <that's> fantastic <laughs> um and anyway yeah he 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 wins the fight very unbelievably so and then the russian crowd inexplicably <laughs> yeah, turn to be on his side Start chanting Rocky, Rocky. No, no uh, justification for that. Very unbelievable. Wouldn't happen. Also, oh my god, you know his final speech. Oh my Wasn't god. Wasn't that the worst final the... speech ever given? <laughs> A slow and clap. Like, oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> the crusty old general like turns round to see his his uh, sidekicks already stood applauding and thinks, yeah. "Oh, I guess I better applaud as well." <laughs> Fuck off, as if. Well, Rocky Ivy, I give a six. I give a six out of ten. I gave it a five. Um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to give it a five as well, actually. But then Rocky V, the last one, like this was made as the finale. Start during the end of the last one. Utter bullshit. No need for it. Uh, then Don King pops up. <laughs> yeah, by this point in real life, because this was five years later, Don King had established himself as a well-known promoter. And bullshitter. Don King, by the way, a real nasty piece of work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Very unpleasant, man. This, this guy is kind of based on that idea. Well, it, isn't it bizarre that they've got just an over-parody character in this film? Because I don't think they've... I might be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's anyone in this series up until this point who is just a spoof of a real person. In the same way, Neither. as... like I say, Apollo is very much just Muhammad Ali, but it, he is a rounded character. It feels yeah. like using that character type rather than straight up, I'm playing Muhammad Ali, and, he, and he's not like dressed like him, doing an impression of him. Is he? He's not quite the same. He's like a, a clear stand-in for him. But the Don King yeah. guy here, it's like they might as well have hired, he's... I don't know, John Colshaw, but not... <laughs> well, they could have hired Don King. He probably would have done it. <laughs> so. This film is set up by basically it looks like they're going to try and get Rocky to fight again. And he wants to, but he can't because his brain's... Well, he finally, finally doesn't fall for the, the goading, you know? He, oh, it was quite refreshing. Well, he actually. does. He does. He, he does fall for it completely. They just won't let him fight. Yeah, he just doesn't get paid for it. He, oh, no, no, that's what I mean. He doesn't go for it. So, you know, he has the street fight at the end. But he hasn't. He doesn't get lured back into the ring. But he, he wants to, but he I mean. doesn't go yeah, in. He would have, but they wouldn't let him because he's got brain damage and they wouldn't license him. Yeah, it's one of many Rocky films where he's being lured back. It's what, it's what they do in every sequel. He's being lured back into the ring, but just this one more. Just but this it's one the more. first Rocky film where he becomes the protege, sensei, Mickey character to another boxer, which they mm. do again later on. So, I mean, that's not a bad idea, uh, certainly with this being intended as the finale to the series. I don't think the character, the the, the guy that he trains... Um, Tommy Gunn. I don't really like that character. I don't think he's particularly properly developed. I don't really get a sense of like what he is mm. or who he is. I think a better actor could have made that a lot more than it was. Mm. I think it's because they tried to do too much in that film. Like it, you know, they didn't really have time to expand on that because it was a deliberate um, kind of 
rub up against the the, the child character, the son. Uh, the, the kid who so ages they had five to years overnight. Yes. Oh my god, yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly what I said. I was like, he was nine and now he's like 13. Now, when that happened, um, I thought, oh, they must be doing that to justify the, the fact that this this kid is aged five years between the two films. But no, it's a different actor. No, it's Stallone's kid movie. in this one. Yeah, it was Stallone's a, son in this one, yeah. Yeah, so bizarre uh, choice. I, I guess it's just so they could have him dealing with stuff at high school. But you know what? I, I actually really like the subplot with his kid. I like that we got... Yeah, it's the we main got, emotional it thrust of it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I like it that works. we got a Rocky movie that was like a high school drama that was about a kid training up to smack the bully in the face. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, That's the kind of thing we'd pitch cute. as a joke and it's just <laughs> legitimately in this film. I did like all that. What I really didn't like about it was the way that Rocky... You know, we get the whole point where Rocky is ignoring his own kid in favour of this fighter. Boy, and he he never learned... It, like, he does learn his lesson, but only because the other fighter walks away and he has to yeah. deal with his son. And, yeah. uh, like, I feel like it should have been more justified somehow where, he, like, he learned that this was more important. And maybe yeah. he gave up on Tommy and said, I said, Tommy, I can't train you. And that's why Tommy left. And so that would be less of a... Because it's a bit too black and white, where it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm, I'm your guy, you're training me up. Oh fuck, fuck you, then I've got a car. Um, yeah. It's a bit too black and white, where it could have been a bit more subtle, I think. Yeah. Um, Mickey comes back as a ghost <laughs> to, for um, a really out of character, yeah. sentimental bit that he never would have done. Yeah. Yeah. And then you suddenly see Rocky wearing a necklace. Mickey loves you. It, it, it. The way it plays is as though. Like as though Rocky's just got a false memory that he's managed to convince himself oh, happened that never happened. It doesn't, and I don't think that's the idea, but that's how it comes across. <laughs> uh, can I tell you a bit about Tommy Gunn, or the guy who plays him? Mm. Yeah, it's quite an interesting story. It's a guy called Tommy Morrison. Now he's not an actor. This is basically the only thing he ever did. He was a boxer, mm. and when this film was made, he was about twenty years old, and he was an up and coming great boxer. And uh, he took a few months off to do this film. Like Sylvester Stallone saw him fighting and auditioned him, blah, blah, blah. Fucking hell. Fucking pack it in, Stallone. Stop just going, hey, that's cool. That should be in the film. It doesn't work. (laughs) Mr. T, robots, this guy. How about you just cast like a normal person? I would not have guessed that this guy was not an actor, though. I would have. Oh, yeah, I, I, I think he comes bad. across like a, a, a wrestler who's landed a part in a film. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah, a, he's a big lad, but no. Yeah, I would have thought like maybe that. he's been cast above his range in the sense of they needed someone to f- look the part. But I wouldn't have guessed that he was a complete non-actor. I would have guessed it because he doesn't look like a typical Hollywood actor. He's not got the, the, the sort of good looks, basically. That's, yeah. well, that's it, his face is smashed up a bit. He's not a bad actor. Or he does. He's a jock, though. He's got jock good looks. He's not got a bad face, guys. It's uh, it's the hair that's questionable. Yeah, it's the that's hair. The yeah, mullet. Um, I guess that was fashionable back in 1990. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, after this film, he he went back to fighting. He didn't take a back thing. He went he, and you know he continued up his career, and he did eventually win a um, heavyweight world championship. He was he he didn't last very long because he, he got beaten. And he never quite hit the heights that was expected of him. And but he like he fell into like a lot of drinking and just carousing and, and the kind of that lifestyle. And then in oh. nineteen ninety six he was you know, had a medical for a fight and uh, it was revealed that he was HIV positive. <laughs> so he wasn't allowed to fight anymore because 
blood be it a combat sport yeah blood, spraying blood, blood all over the audience yeah yeah you can't really get aids from that amount of blood but you know no. this was 20 years ago i suppose anyway and then eventually like 10 years later he he started talking about how he never had hiv and it was a false test and he was trying to get to fight again but then he wouldn't actually let anyone test him and then nothing came of that really he started drinking again and stopped taking his medication oh god this is meandering as rocky five a few years later he died of well of aids would you believe it um <laughs> so uh, so yeah he, he died when he was 44 and if you see a picture of him like when he was in his 40s it's just like ugh, it, it well, it's just looks like someone who's dying of aids basically but it's just like quite tragic when you just watched him in rocky five as a strapping young man so yeah quite an interesting story his his life if it's worth looking into what's his name tommy morrison tommy morrison yeah so this is just a really meandering nothingy film isn't it it's just kind of there's some nice stuff in it but it is just kind of all over the place nothing the, the stakes never feel high enough to care it seems more like Hollywood fodder this time, a mm. bit more like plot points that are recognised and with motives that are recognised, but it all feels a bit mm. too squeaky clean. That said, I, I really love that this one doesn't culminate in a boxing match. It culminates in a, a street brawl. I think that's really yeah, that in- yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, almost oh, comes across like a, it almost comes across like a parody of a Rocky film. Uh, especially with the subplot being about a kid punching a bully in the same way, but I kind of like that. that. I think it's the, the an whole interesting message of this film of, is that violence solves all. Well, I've made that same note. I don't know what the message is. Is it that sometimes <laughs> you've just got to beat the shit out of things? To, to and I'm, I'm okay with that, really. To be honest, I think that's fair enough. Sometimes you just got the bully's picking on you, smack his face in, and he won't do it again. Yeah. In fact, you become friends. <laughs> well, that yeah, that that was a step that too far weirder. for me. I was fine with the bully, sort of, you know, him being like, "We cool," and the bully being, you know, yeah. I was all right with that. But then cut to them hanging out in this house. Yeah, I, I, like, I said the on. same thing. <laughs> That's and his earring. He had a nice little earring on. Oh, that was so distracting. Every time he talked, it it wiggled, and I was just looking at the earring. <laughs> you know what? Stallone's kid, whatever he's called, Sly Sage. Junior Sage. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's all right, isn't he? He's, he's all right. Yeah, I think he does pretty well in this film. I think he's yeah. got a, um, I think he's got that that screen charisma. He's got a likable charm that you know goes a long way, and he does all right. Um, th- did you know that the original ending for Rocky Five was Rocky would die in the street fight at the end, He'd that... die in Adrian's arms? How would that work? It kind of makes sense with the whole conclusiveness. They were filming the film with that in mind, and it was quite late on a change. It wasn't like an early draft or anything like that. That was the plan. But it makes sense. They they hold the taboo of brain damage over his head so much, no pun intended, mm. um, that to to have that final blow from the person he's trained at the end, it would make sense that that would do yeah. some damage. Yeah, and that would be a nice parallel to the subplot with his kid as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of montages throughout this film of like, oh, remember back at the beginning and hey, look, mm. these are the glasses I found. And then at the end, with the credits, it goes back to showing them all as youngins. Mm. And so it really felt like the end of a yeah. franchise. But I, I don't quite get what the, like, what would the the point, what would they be trying to say with that? <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Well, the, the, the good ending here, the right ending would have been him not rising the, to the bait. Yeah. And then in the, they want a street fight and he's like, do you know what, Tommy? I'm not going to fight you. 
you've shamed yourself, you've disgraced yourself. I'm a bigger man. I'm going to walk away and be with my family. But that's 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 what they've tried to do. They've done that, but they think that having him fight in a street fight instead of in the ring does that, and mm. also that's appeases no the fans. <laughs> no, no, I know no, it no, doesn't work not. at all. But in terms of for the fans, yeah. I think that's that, kind of that's why what it feels it feels like a very like. muddled message of a film. I, I don't really know yeah. what it's trying to say. Um, well, I. I know I said I thought the third one was the worst one, but I have made the note here, worst Rocky ever. So <laughs> apparently I like this one less. I don't know. I think for me it's like on a par with four in terms of... I think this is about on par with the third for me. So yeah, similar. Yeah. Um, but you know, it could be worse. Well, it was it was also a crit- um, financial failure as well. And oh, really? Failure. Whereas Rocky Four was generally liked, even though it's quite mm. simple. Yeah. And... Rocky Four was the the most financially successful sports film until Moneyball, which what? was two thousand eight. F- what? No, it was two thousand thirteen. It was like twenty five years. Is that is that is that because there were like thirty years of inflation to give? And no, that is not accounting for inflation. Moneyball made a little bit more than how the Rocky fuck IV, did Moneyball make money? I guess it had Brad Pitt in it. I thought Moneyball was quite a small little film that just kind of, you know, Oscar got bait. good good critical reception. But that's it. It only made a little over 300 million. It's not like a, where we think of nowadays as huge success. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like Rocky, the original Rocky is one of the most successful independent films. Oh, should we do ratings for Rocky 5? Rocky V. Yeah, uh, 5 for me. I think 5. Yeah, I give it a 5 as well. Five I get five, five the last three. Yeah. <laughs> I, Alan, so me and you again having a fight, but it's a street right. brawl. <laughs> okay, yeah. Who do you reckon wins then? So sorry, is this meant to be different concept? Yeah, from we're not we're not in the ring. It's not with like boxing gloves. We're in this. We're in the street. I still think it'd be bare fists. I think I think Alan would be sneakier. He'd use dustbin lids. <laughs> well, this is it. I think I'd pick up like a drain pipe or not a drain pipe, like a big pole, something made out of metal, and whack him with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Alan can run pretty fast. Can he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not only for short distances. But that's it. Like I can I can run fast for seven seconds. Like that's about as much <laughs> as I can. And then that's I'm all you need to do to get away from a drain pipe. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Well so you're saying you would run away and I would win by default, is that Yeah. Okay. He's no, so passive know. soul. I I don't know. I think in the right circumstances, I think you underestimate my ability to just be quite vicious. I think I'd just smash your face in against the pavement. Yeah, but I think I could take it. I think I could take a punch. <laughs> I, think. I think you would be really shocked with how little you smacking me against the pavement would affect me. At which point <laughs> just... I would then like reach up and grab your nuts with my hand and like squeeze them and look you in the eyes like, yeah. This is Are you meant to be fighting him or giving him some Yeah, and then we'd pleasure, then we'd I mean... then we'd tenderly embrace and kiss. That moment where <laughs> where the two the two people are squabbling and they get really in each other's face and, and then there's a, a like a beat and then they start kissing and it cuts to them like wait like in bed sweaty <laughs> just rolled off each other <laughs> diminishing returns slash fiction <laughs> Thank you for listening, and if you have any connections with a boxing gym, then we want to hear from you, because Sol and I really need to deal with some issues. Now, we don't want to actually do any training, we just want to put some gloves on and smack each other about a bit. 
Now, of course, please don't forget to come back next week when we deal with the latter part of the Rocky franchise in anticipation of the release of Creed 2. And if you do enjoy the show, then please do us a favour and go and rate us on iTunes. This is the best thing to raise our profile and to encourage new listeners. Thank you very much, and we hope we'll see you next week. Happy birthday, Polly.